happen, avoiding that difficult climb over a traditional bathtub wall. They also offer a variety of therapeutic benefits that may help soothe your aching muscles and joints, increasing your mobility, boosting your energy, and improving your sleep. Safe Step walk-in tubs are designed to easily fit your existing tub space and are often installed in as little as one day. Just dial 1-800-731-4558 today to save $1,600 and receive a free shower package. That's 1-800-731-4558 for a free no-obligation consultation and to save $1,600. Safe Step Walk-In Tubs. Safety never felt so good. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Yes, it is. We are back with another edition of the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita's sports leader. I'm your host and producer today, Jack Johnson, to close out the week. But not to worry, Shane Dennis will be back in the saddle on Monday. As you know, text line is always open at 316-247-0923. Again, that is 316-247-0923. You let us know any segment ideas you have, thoughts, opinions. Uh, Really, that text line is yours for the taking. Say whatever you want there as long as it is PG, Um, of course. Can't be repeating anything that would be rated R over the airwaves or we get in some pretty big-time trouble. We uh, definitely would be dealing with some fines if I was to uh, curse out over the air. But you already know that if you've been listening to ESPN Wichita or any radio station uh, for quite some time. As for today, what we got in store here on the Shane Dennis Show coming up in just a few minutes here. We're going to talk some KU hoops. Uh, They have Texas on deck coming up tomorrow night at 5 p.m. You can listen to that right here on ESPN Wichita. We are going to have our story of the week here in about 30 minutes, and that will be uh, followed by our Twitter question and a little bit of Royals talk. They have their first game later on this afternoon, a 2:05 first pitch against the Texas Rangers, the reigning World Series champions in Major League Baseball at 1 o'clock. We are going to kick off hour number two with Chance Lebo uh, talking some K-State hoops. I'm tired of using the phrase must win, uh, but I really don't have another phrase to go with. Uh, Was K-State takes on uh, BYU uh, tomorrow afternoon, I believe that it is. K-State at 15 and 11, only five wins in conference play, and they have mightily struggled over the last month with their lone win coming against the Kansas Jayhawks at Bramlage Coliseum a few weeks back. So we'll get all of Chance's thoughts on K-State here uh, in the next hour or so. At 125, we're going to talk some NFL and why I believe a lot of teams are building their rosters the incorrect way. I'm going to tell you what I think teams should do moving forward, even if it is the most complicated thing to do. And lastly, we'll wrap up the show with I'm old Jax Young. Again, that text line, 316-247-0923. Well, as I mentioned, Kansas will take on Texas tomorrow night at 5 p.m. I want to look at this game, what it means for Kansas, how you can attack it, how, how you can approach it, and from what you're going to hear Bill Self say uh, in this you know 10-minute audio clip. Uh, If you missed this on your timeline feed yesterday or 
You didn't hear it from somebody else. Kevin McCuller has not practiced this week. Uh, this is coming after him playing basically the entire game against Oklahoma. I wouldn't say maybe entirely. Uh, the majority of the game against Oklahoma on Saturday, and I would have said you know, back then a very, very important game for Kansas. Maybe not in the end good enough to win a Big 12 title because of that win. Now, Kansas has buried itself pretty good with losses to UCF, losses to West Virginia, losses to, to Kansas State. There have been some really bad losses on the schedule uh, for this Kansas team. So they've got nobody to blame but themselves. However, I thought about this before the Oklahoma game. And with Kevin McCuller battling this bone bruise, battling this, this knee injury, where apparently the swelling just can't go down, I asked myself, what is more important for this Kansas team? Is it winning the Big 12? Is it winning the Big 12 tournament? Or is it making it further in the NCAA tournament? Well, that's a no-brainer, of course, right? It's more of a rhetorical question. (laughs) We know the right answer there. They would absolutely take going deeper in the NCAA tournament than winning a regular season title. Now, right now, they still have a chance to do that. In fact, Kansas could jump into second place, um, depending on what Iowa State and Houston do over the, the next few days. Houston, by the way, has to go to Waco tomorrow morning and take on the Bears who are right behind Kansas in the standings. In fact, they're tied uh, both at 8-5. and five. So if Kansas wins and Baylor wins, all of a sudden the Jayhawks are one game back of Houston. It still feels like the Jayhawks are going to have to win out. Uh, to win the Big 12 and grab a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. But crazier things have happened. Back to the point of McCuller, though, and why I wanted to go off on that tangent a bit. I feel like Kansas at this point in time is good enough to win the remaining games at home without Kevin McCuller. Uh, There's not really a need uh, to put Kevin McCuller out there tomorrow against Texas. Uh, It's not really that necessary to play him against BYU. It's not really that necessary to play him against Kansas State, in my opinion. However, you can gauge how these next two games go, see what Houston and Iowa State are doing, and then make your determination for that game in Waco against Baylor. Because I can tell you right now with confidence, Kansas cannot beat Baylor or Houston on the road without Kevin McCuller. It will not happen. It would take an all-time awful performance, it feels like, from both of those squads. And the matchups, I don't favor Kansas there. Those are two incredibly physical teams, and for a Kansas team with a lack of a bench, a lack of depth, that's a bad matchup. Bad matchup all the way around. So I get back to this point of how you handle his injury and why I think it's alarming. Right, Kevin McCuller is not getting healthier right now. He was healthy enough to play against Oklahoma, and now there's been this setback. Uh, well, he's not practicing, and Bill Self, as you're going to hear in this audio clip, he doesn't know when Kevin McCuller is, is, or his availability is going to be. He doesn't know if he's going to play on Saturday. And with the quick turnaround, uh, maybe you just rest him for both of these games. And if you get out with two wins... Maybe then 
he's at 100%, and you can reevaluate before your Saturday game, next Saturday game, against the Baylor Bears. Because at that point, you'd be 22-6 and and 10-5 and in conference play and still have a very good chance over those final three games to make something happen. Because I do think it's not as easy uh, as my first question of what would you rather do, win the Big 12 or go far in the NCAA tournament. A part of going far in the NCAA tournament is making sure you set yourself up for the best possible bracket, the best possible region. A lot of that is up to chance. A lot of that is all odds. But if Kansas grabs the one seed, let's say Kevin McCuller plays on Saturday. Let's say he plays on Tuesday and the rest of the way. And you get into the NCAA tournament with a Kevin McCuller at 65%. Does it matter if KU is a one or a two seed? I really don't think it does. Because you're not going far if Kevin McCuller's not healthy. We saw what this team looked like both against Baylor and Texas Tech without Kevin McCuller. Baylor, they were able to squeak by. It just wasn't pretty. Against Texas Tech, it was the worst game of the year, one of the worst games in the Bill Self era. They get a physical and fast team, Kansas will be doomed. And that's why I think it's tough to make this decision right now because it is a bone bruise, I think. If this was a ligament injury or it was a tendon injury, I think it'd be a no-brainer. But to me, it has to be pain tolerance. It has to be pain tolerance when it's a bone bruise. And if he can't move that well... Well, then he's not going to be that effective. And let's all be very honest here. Kevin McCuller was not great against Oklahoma. Now, they won that game, but I think just having him out there allowed the offense to open up a little bit. I just think you have to rest him as many times as you can. This reminds me a lot, not the same player, but a situation when, you know, KU had Remy Martin. And Remy Martin, before the Big 12 tournament, was just not playing that much, resting, not getting into the game. He, he was not active. And lo and behold, Remy Martin was one of the main reasons KU won a national championship in 2022 because he got healthy. He rested his knee. I don't think this Kansas team has the luxury as that team back with Ochai Abaji, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, no David McCormick, Dewan Harris. I don't think that team, you know – thought too much about that decision. I think it was, we need to have a good bench. Remy Martin's going to be coming off the bench. Let's make sure he's healthy. Kevin McCuller is the leading scorer for Kansas. So it's a tougher decision at the end of the day. A much tougher decision. But if this keeps going in a circle, this is just a cycle, uh, your hands might be tied here. You know, maybe it's not as simple as let's just rest him for the rest of the year because there's no guarantee that he's healthy for the Big 12 tournament, this is a week-to-week thing, then this is just who Kevin McCuller is going to be for the remaining time in a Kansas uniform. He may play one game and then have to sit out the next, or he may play two and then have to sit out the next two. You just hope by the time the NCAA tournament rolls around, Kansas gets a good draw, a good matchup, and we brought up Joe Lunardi's bracketology the other day. The region that Kansas was in, the West region, had a pretty favorable first weekend. But if Kevin McCuller can't be healthy for that, or he's not even close to a 90% and 95%, I have a hard time believing Kansas has the scoring to win that game. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Kansas and Texas, tip-off at 5 p.m. Listen to pre- and post-game and play-by-play coverage over on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Brian Haney uh, and Greg Gurley, you know you can always uh, catch those, those games on 810 on ESPN Wichita 
uh, not really a worry about that. Okay, time for some audio here. Bill Self took the podium the other day and had the chance uh, to break down this Kansas game, give a little bit of an update on his team and the health status. As I mentioned, Kevin McCuller is brought up here, but here is the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, Bill Self. Shay, you have the microphone first. What a shock. <laughs> I just wanted to know how, how good this week has been. And if you can just maybe. It's too early to say okay. because we took Sunday off. We practiced Monday and Tuesday and off yesterday. So probably, you know, today and tomorrow will be our more of our Texas prep. But, 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 uh, but you know, uh, hopefully the guys are getting their legs back under them. And has Kevin any status update? Do you know if he'll be available Saturday? No, I do not know. Okay. He hasn't He hasn't done anything yet this week. Okay. So we'll probably wait and see if he's able to do anything today. Today we'll probably determine if he plays on Saturday as much as anything, but I probably won't tell you guys that. In terms of Monday and Tuesday practice, is that more like self-scout? Are you working on things? Yeah, just a regular focuses? practice. You know, we, you know, all the different things that we could do in a game or – or things that we need to work on, absolutely, yeah. And we know that in the wintertime, at least, you guys get a chance to practice more. Do you feel like this is a similar <coughs> type of schedule, or is it different? No, it's hour, hour, hour and 15 minutes. No, this isn't anything like like uh, over the break or anything like that. No, this this is just try to get them off their feet as much as possible. Uh, when you have to deal with the challenge of playing, you mentioned the thing the other day about looking to see if a four or five man can shoot threes is one of the first things you look at on a roster. Just what will it require out of your big men to, to deal with that sort of challenge against Texas? Well, you know, they have one guy that shoots a, quite a few, and he makes a lot of the ones he shoots. So, <coughs> so yeah, we've got we to come up with some way to stay connected and, and still yet do a good job on ball screen defense. I think we can – I think, you know, we, it's not the first time we've had to deal with that, but certainly DeSue shoots it. Probably this year he's shooting it probably about as well as – any big that I can remember shooting it over a course of a season. So, you know, he, he's, a, he's a handful. Have you watched all the Big 12 action this week, and what do you think of Texas's guards? Well, I haven't I, – I, I've watched, uh, you know, games on Monday, and I forgot who played last night. Who played last night? Oklahoma State won at Cincinnati, but I didn't watch that game. Uh, 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 but watched uh, obviously some. Uh, uh, who was it? <coughs> Baylor at BYU, and then and then uh, Iowa State at Houston. So those those were two you know high level games on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't I don't I didn't I didn't watch them all, but Texas's guards, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're good. I mean. Uh, you know, to, I'm a big fan of Tyrese. You know, we tried hard to get him here. You know, uh, uh, when he left Ames, and and uh, Max to me is one of the best scoring points or best scoring guards that we'll face all year long. So they're good. But the one guy I think that, that makes their team as much as anybody is is uh, Weaver. I mean, he is a high energy dude that uh, uh, can make a lot of plays in a lot of different ways and impact games. What do you see in the Big 12 standings, and are these two home games absolutely musts? Uh, I think I think in our situation, holding serve at home is you know really important. We don't we don't we don't have any margin for error. But I'm not looking at it the the, the way that maybe some people are looking at. It. I'm looking at hey, let's let, let let's try to win one game at a time, and you know we can't control what other people do, and 
and uh, whatever happens, happens. But as long as we take care of our business, you know, we got a chance to have a really good year in our league. Now, whether or not that means uh, uh, having a chance to play for, you know, anything of of uh, uh, the highest stakes against Houston, uh, that remains to be seen. We better go four and zero if we're going to do that. But the best way to 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 uh, win them all is to win the first one. You know, if you don't win the first one, that certainly eliminates all those uh, uh, desires. So yeah, we're just we're just worried about Texas. I'm not worried about anything beyond that. Assuming everyone gets healthy, Bill, it, looking back, it, it provided more minutes for Nick and El Marco. Uh, could that end up being a positive, the fact that you've got those guys extra minutes? I actually think it could. Uh, uh, you know, if you go back analytically, and if you guys studied it, uh, uh, when our five starters play together once league play has started, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, uh, when there's been one or two of the five not in, it hasn't been near as good as when it's been with the five in. Uh, Nick uh, uh, and Omarco, you know, we, we're not going to have uh, depth unless we can play them both, and, and, and that needs to occur. I actually think, you know, Nick hasn't shot it well, but his, his numbers are pretty good from a plus minus standpoint uh, when he's been in the game. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I think there's been some good things that's transpired. The, the, you know, the, those five playing together, uh, you know, it sounds easy. Your starters, you know, play, should play the best. Well, that's obvious or they shouldn't be starting. I mean, that's so, so, so I, I totally get that. But the amount of minutes that starters actually play together in a game is minimal compared to what most people think it is because you always have somebody that's subbed in. So, so, you know, even if, and we don't sub much, but, but even if that number's 18 minutes, you know, whatever, that's still 22 minutes that it doesn't occur. So, so, uh, you know, we gotta, we, we got to have, you know, guys off the pine, uh, off the bench, uh, uh, come in and, 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 be positive contributors, which we've shown where we can be. We just haven't done it consistently. Hey, with, with Johnny, now that you've seen a prolonged period where he's been in this role, high minutes, all that, what do you like most about his game and what he brings for you guys? Well, I think he's just scratching the surface. I think he does everything pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he shoots it pretty well. He, he, uh, he runs in transition great. He's a good, you know, finish with either hand around the rim very well. I mean, he does a lot of good things. Uh, 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 I, 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 I love having him out there and, and uh, I think the players like playing with him. Um, you know, I, I still think he's a baby colt. You know, he's just finding his way. Uh, uh, but he's certainly, you know, he's, he's been he's been terrific for us. Is there one area of his game that's surprised you? He's exceeded maybe better than you thought he was. I think he's a much better rebounder than what I envisioned him being. I think he's a much better loose ball guy than what I envisioned him being. <coughs> I think Hunter's gotten to the line a lot less frequently than he did in his time at Michigan. Just why do you think that is, and what do you think he can do to start getting to the line more? You want an honest opinion, or, sure. or, or, or do you want me to coach speak it? I mean, he just needs to play more physical and post up deeper and. And, and, and play through contact better. So, uh, 
Uh, that's what I would say. But, you know, if you look at it statistically, he hasn't been a high volume free throw shooter anywhere he's been compared to a lot. Like Kevin McCullough will shoot twice as many free throws or three times as many free throws on average in a game than Hunter will. And there's reasons for that. But Hunter, Hunter hasn't been a guy that has played near as close to the basket uh, uh, in many opportunities because there's been bodies, strong bodies that you got to get through to get close to the basket. So, so, uh, uh, but you know that's that's the way that it's just being it, the, the game. You know, a lot of it's on us. A lot of it's on maybe Hunter a little bit. You know, but but uh, the, the the physicality in the post play has been something that probably hasn't benefited a hunter with free throw attempts. Anything else? Gary. With three coaches ejected this year, has there been any, you know, talks with the head of the officials? Is this getting to a point where there has to be discussion between the coaches and Curtis? Because of ejections? Yeah, I mean, it shows that three Powerful coaches have gotten upset enough to get ejected. Well, yeah. So, so, so uh, I haven't visited with one person from the conference office about that whatsoever, and I won't. I won't. Uh, 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 I'm not as interested in, in what happened at Houston or what happened at Baylor. I'm more interested in what happens with us. And and uh, but I I, I haven't made uh, a phone call. To the conference office about what transpired on that on that particular situation at all, nor will I. So, so nor have I talked to anybody. I wondered if you had an opinion on how quickly the NBA makes changes. Jacques Vaughn got fired after a real short period of time. Do you have an opinion on Jacques? Oh well, we all love Jacques. You know, I, I'm not in. Brooklyn and I, I don't know what's happening firsthand or anything like that, but we all love Jacques and, and we want what's well for him. I hope he had a, a good contract so so that way he'll be fine regardless, uh, which I'm sure he did. But uh, I think, you know, when, when it, at that level, you know, it, it's uh, when somebody uh, uh, buys the franchise and pays $3 billion for it, you would think they probably have a little bit more clout in in uh, what they think needs to be done, and 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 when somebody has an investment like that, I would think the patience uh, uh, would probably be not quite as much if somebody didn't have near as much uh, <coughs> equity in in your business. So so uh, I, I think I, I could be wrong, but I think those guys understand that. There's two types, two types of coaches, and and, and it's, it's that way for the most part in college too. But there's the ones that have been fired and the ones that haven't been fired yet. So so so, and I, I think most of those guys in the NBA probably understand that. Anything else? Thanks. And there was Bill Self of the Kansas Jayhawks talking yesterday about this Texas game, the health of his team, and what you can expect moving forward. I think we have a little bit of time to hear briefly uh, what K.J. Adams had to say uh, coming off you know, a little bit better of a performance than we had seen over the last few weeks. It might be that uh, K.J. Adams could be pressing a little bit, trying to overcompensate with Kevin McCuller not being as healthy. Uh, but I did want to sneak in a little bit more audio uh, from K.J. Adams as he had the chance to talk to the media yesterday about this upcoming game against the Texas Longhorns. 
All right, KJ, just what's it been like this week not having a midweek game for the first time since the start of the year? Yeah, it's been it's been a little weird, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's weird having this much time in between games and just kind of uh, trying to weigh out a fit practice and, and still get a lot of stuff done during that long period of time. And then uh, just looking ahead to Texas and particularly the challenge that, that the big man presents to you guys, just how do you approach that? Yeah, they have two big, uh, big guys and one of them can shoot really well, so... It's kind of hard kind of figuring out how to guard both of them at the same time with me and Hunter on the floor. So it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge that we're going to have to figure out how to um, try to compete with. KJ, I know you guys have had the week off. So health-wise, how are you guys feeling? And how important is it to kind of get get sorry, get healthy during this key stretch? Yeah, it's um, it's been a good week off for a lot of people because uh, we, we get to have a lot of stuff done and just have a lot of rest. Um, health-wise, I think we're, we're doing pretty good. Um, I really don't know the extent of a lot of the guys, but for what I can understand, I feel like everybody's pretty good and um, have a pretty good understanding of what we got to do. And I know you guys have a handful of games left. What, what, what kind of for you? What's been the seat? What's the season been like? And um, how do you want to finish down the stretch here? Yeah, of course. Big Twelve is just a roller coaster of emotions. You know, up and downs. Having a couple losses during the way definitely hurts. But just trying to look through the future and just get ready for the Big Twelve tournament and just the couple of games we got left of, of the season. To build off the earlier question, just what's the week look like for you personally? What have you been up to? Yeah, really just trying to get my body healthy, doing a lot of ice baths, uh, stretching a lot. Um, just kind of taking a kind of a, not a week off in a sense, but just kind of get my mind back centered to who I really am and just get ready for these next couple of games. Yeah, and with, with this midweek off at least, does it feel like a, a reset for the final kind of home stretch of the season? Yeah, definitely. This is a big, this is a big step for us in the season, just kind of reset and get a lot of stuff done practice-wise that we couldn't do when we have all those games stacked on each other. How much do you guys look at the race along the way, or, or especially right now, toward the end? Yeah, it, it's always a point of emphasis, but right now, I don't really think we're really looking at it too much, but it's definitely in the back of our minds. We're just trying to go game by game when any of this crazy conference, anything really happens. So we're just going game by game, trying to win each game we can. Maybe in a, more of an informal manner, do you, like when Houston just played Iowa State, I think it was Monday night, right? Do you guys, as teammates, not maybe in a film setting or whatever, but just talk about that, like who you want to win, what what could help you guys, what could hurt you guys. I mean, does that come up just like sports fans? Yeah, of course. We're we're not just players. We're we're also like huge college basketball fans. So everybody watches basically every game there is on. So everybody was pretty excited to watch those two play, and um, Kansas State and Texas. So we were all just talking about those games and just uh, excited. And it's good to watch all everybody compete like that. Are you bummed you don't get to go down to Austin their last year in the league? I'm, I'm, I am a little bummed. I, I did want to go home and play play them for uh, for one last time, but it's all right. I get to I get still get to play them here at home, so I think it'll all work out there. Any extra for you? I mean, it could be a while before KU and Texas play again. Does it add a little just for you personally this week? Uh, not really, uh, other than um, playing my best friend Brock Cunningham for the last time. We've, we've been going way back. He's been my best friend for a while, taught me a lot of things. So that'll probably be one of the emotional parts of that game when, when we play. Are you looking at these two games as must wins because, you know, then you got to go on the road again? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say must wins, but yes, we would like to win all the games that we played. Um, Every game right now is, is getting bigger and bigger, so we definitely got to just look ahead for this game and then focus on the rest later. What was the team reaction after the OU win? It had been a while since you won a road game. Yeah, it was definitely ecstatic. Um, 
we haven't really had that that much luck on the road. So just getting that one, I think, brought a lot of confidence to that we can win on the road, and hopefully we can do that more in the future. KJ, can I ask now that you have you're approaching this the real heart of the season now as a veteran this time around? And you, you mentioned using this week off to to get your mind right in a way. Uh, now that you have some experience dealing with this stretch, from here on out until the season's done, it's going to be nonstop, go go go. Were you, did you approach this week consciously, knowing what was to come to to get your to get your mind fresh, and not not just everyone healing up ankles and knees and stuff, but was this a conscious effort on your on your part, on the leadership part, to to say let's let's get a, a clear mind because this is the last chance? Yes, of course, especially during this long stretch. Uh, coach likes to call these the dog days, where teams really are to get a little fatigued, uh, people's minds get a little out of the place. So just. Um, just getting back together and everybody centered and a good week of practice really can help a team during the long run. So I think we're just using that to our advantage as much as we can, hopefully for the next couple of games. KJ, what else stands out to you about Texas and what they bring to the table? Yeah, they have Max, who's in, what is it, ninth overall score in the NCAA. So you, you definitely just have to watch him when he plays. And then you have Dylan DeSue playing off him. So just those two guys and you have people that really just play hard and play the right way. So you just have a lot of threats that you have to really hound down on defense. So our really practice we've just been doing is just playing defense, trying to uh, assimilate as much as we can of them. KJ, with this week, obviously off, have you kind of feel yourself a little rejuvenated? Do you feel like almost beginning of the season a little bit? Yeah, of course. I, I definitely feel um, more refreshed. I feel um, definitely like I can um, have my legs back a little bit. I, 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 I know the guys feel the same way. So just, I think everybody's pretty back and just ready for this game against Texas. Yeah, and just with Kevin, you know, kind of rehabbing and getting recovered from his injury, have you seen him look more normal in this week compared to like even last week or before the game? Yeah, Kev, Kevin, um, he really doesn't show too much because he's, he's always just trying to be that even kill guy. So mm -hmm. I really can't really tell the difference with him because he's always pretty consistent with all that stuff. And there was K.J. Adams of the Kansas Jayhawks ahead of the game against Texas tomorrow night, 5 p.m. tip-off. Of course, you can listen to that on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's also broadcasted on ESPN Wichita if you are uh, going to be out driving or just wanting to listen to the game in your own house if you're not going to watch it on TV. All right, well, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back here... We're going to give our story of the week, which is brought to you by Farha Roofing. Whether it's a repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is the team for you. Call or visit farharoofing.com. We rise above the rest. Story of the week coming up next on The Shane Dennis Show. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Beware of the fog. You're a Swiss from the right wing. The Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. What ball move 
it, they share it, and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big-time thundering slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Saturday, the Jayhawks are home to entertain the Texas Longhorns. Coverage begins at 5 on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years, depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Natalia, solid dismount, but that little pause is a deduction. Top tumblers hope to stick the landing with Coach Jasmine. That aerial sequence still needs work. She needs more certified athletic trainers to find her balance. Focus. I'm going to need you for the all-around. Wait, who's spotting the vaults? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. On that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? (laughs) Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. J'aime Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and soon you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen? Babbel isn't robots talking. You learn words and phrases from real native speakers. I was ready for real-life conversations in just a few weeks. So easy. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Hey, I'm Jackie, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the chicken. It is golden brown, so juicy, so delicious. It's the perfect savory start to my day. Hey, I'm Matt, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the freshly baked, flaky, buttery biscuit. When I take a bite, it's kind of like, you know, crispy, soft, crispy. Crispy outside, soft interior, crispy chicken. There's really nothing like it. Start your day with the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit, available on the Chick-fil-A app. Real Chick-fil-A guests paid for their testimonials.
We are back here on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita is sports leader. I am your host and producer today, Jack Johnson. Shane Dennis will be back next week. Well, it is now time for our story of the week, which again is brought to you by Farha Roofing. Whether it's a repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is the team for you. Call or visit farharoofing.com. We rise above the rest. Well, sometimes I like to bounce back and forth between really cool stories of the week, feel-good stories, I guess I should call them, or I like to find an interesting or a talking point, a a story that gets the text line buzzing, which may or may not happen in my story of the week. Now, typically the way this goes is I have a story of the week, and then Shane has a story of the week, and we can compare and contrast uh, both of our stories here. But since it's just me today running the board and talking into the mic, the story I decided to pick to get some length out of this segment was what Antonio Pierce had to say uh, on the latest podcast, Max Crosby's podcast episode. Um, This was... I believe over the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I knew this popped up my timeline, at least, over the weekend. And if you have already seen it and you got some thoughts and comments on it, let me know on the text line at 316-247-0923. That is 316-247-0923. We're all familiar with the Jordan rules, right? I think even if you didn't grow up in the Jordan era like I didn't, I'm fully aware of what the Jordan rules are. Uh, Now, I remember it was hilarious in the Last Dance documentary that was uh, on Netflix. When the Pistons were describing the the Jordan rules, I can't remember if it was like Rodman or if it was Isaiah Thomas. Uh, It wasn't Lambeer. And I think it was a coach, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was assistant that was talking about the Jordan rules. And the hilarious part about the Jordan rules was that they were describing it as like a schematic thing. Like every time Jordan caught the ball, we were going to force him to the elbow. Uh, we were going to double team him when he was down in the post. I'm like, no, that, that wasn't the Jordan rules. The Jordan rules was to beat the hell out of him every time he got close to the rim, to wear him down with physicality, and eventually to get into his head. The difference is Antonio Pierce in this story is claiming to now implement the Mahomes rules. And he went on Crosby's podcast and along the line said they had now had the blueprint. They had, you know, uh, the the recipe to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs, to defeat Patrick Mahomes. And we're going to talk about the Raiders a little bit in our segment coming up at 125 in hour number two. But Antonio Pierce is now going to implement the Mahomes rules with the Raiders, which is uh, basically to increase the physicality on him within the the rules of the game. It's not to be dirty, get 15-yard penalties, and, and injure him. It's not that. In the same way that for Jordan, it wasn't to injure him or take him out of the game, but it was to make him think twice about going to the goal. And when you get beaten down so many times... It eventually just takes you out of the game, and the Pistons were successful a handful of times. What I thought was funny about this, though, is that football is a game about physicality, right? And I think the the rules, uh, playing in between the rules, you know, kind of towing the line, 
it's not as successful as you think it might be. Like in basketball, it is a physical sport. It's not as physical as football, of course. But you can foul somebody hard and say you were going after the ball. Now, there's a lot more reviews than there were back in the 80s and the 90s. And when the Pistons were fouling hard, they made it sure to, at times appear to go for the ball. We, we've seen some clips, though, and I think a lot of people remember there were times they were just clotheslining Jordan, and it resulted in some brawls, or they were clotheslining Larry Bird in, in Boston. But there were rules you could go around and say, no, no, we're just fouling hard. We don't want to bump him and then him get an and one. You know, We don't want to just make him keep going at us again and again. We want him to think twice about going to the goal when getting fouled hard. But in football, it's really hard with the quarterback position to implement your rules of aggression, to implement your rules of physicality, right? And I know what everybody's thinking on the text line or those listening at home. Tom Brady, uh, once he was so good, when he became of that status uh, of this is the greatest quarterback, not only of this era, he may be the greatest quarterback of all time. He started getting the favorable whistle in the same way, and I'm not naive. I'm not going to be this biased homer that's going to defend it. There are absolutely some calls that uh, protect Patrick Mahomes more than most quarterbacks because it also comes back to ratings. I'm not saying there's some big conspiracy. Uh, They're always going to call penalties and not call penalties to favor Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. There's a lot of people out there that think they are, but I always go back to If the NFL was about ratings and getting the the teams they want in the Super Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys would be there every single year because they're they're the biggest brand in the NFL and globally. Everybody knows that. It's been that way for a very long time. Uh, To me, it does go back to kind of that Brady and Mahomes comparison of it's all about the ratings, though. It is about ratings, and quarterbacks drive this league. That's what our segment's going to be about at 125. So if you think you are going to go in and implement this physicality, even if it is trying to be between the lines, right? It's, oh, we know we're going to hit him hard. Legally, hit him hard. When was the last time you saw a hit on a quarterback that was violent and there wasn't some sort of penalty thrown? Like, I just struggled to figure out how Antonio Pierce and that defense and Max Crosby can hit Patrick Mahomes and it be legal, at least enough where you are implementing the Mahomes rules, right? You can't hit the quarterback in the helmet. You can't hit him too late. Quarterbacks are smart now that if you get shoved after the play, you flop. Josh Allen is great at it. The great ones, as much as it pisses you off, the great ones know how to sell it. Same way in the NBA, the great ones, the scores, they know how to draw contact. They know how to sell it. Now, floppers, you can hate them. You can hate the way they play the game, but they're playing into the rules. And there's never been an era where a quarterback has been so protected. Uh, This would have been the equivalent of if the Pistons implemented the Jordan rules when hand-checking was a problem. Jordan would be fouled immediately. That's how physical the Pistons were. We're at a point in time in the NFL where they're cracking down so hard on clean hits, protecting the quarterback, because they know this is a quarterback league. And if you're injuring the best quarterbacks, one, it looks terrible on you as a coach. We can't have any more bounty gates in the NFL. Can't have it. And certainly not with the best quarterback in the league. 
Now, again, back to the point. It's not. I'm not accusing Antonio Pierce of trying to hurt Mahomes. It's not that because we all know the Jordan rules was about putting in that aggression, putting in that physicality to toe the line. You just can't toe the line anymore. Football is overcompensating for protecting quarterbacks. I mean, there's just not really a way, I think, that you can change the game and implement these rules to make a quarterback uncomfortable. You know, you can't even land on a quarterback now. <laughs> think about it. You can't even put your weight on a quarterback. There's not many ways you can rough up a quarterback in today's game. Can't do it. And to me, that's what's so hilarious about this. Well, there's a couple things that are hilarious about what Antonio Pierce said. Let me start it off by saying this. I really support the hiring of Antonio Pierce. I'm excited to see what he can do in Las Vegas. And I'll also go as far to say I think the NFL will be a better place when Las Vegas and the Raiders are competitive. I'm not for teams being so garbage where they don't matter. Now, the Raiders, they mattered a little bit more than they did the last couple years, last handful of years. But overall, they have been a largely irrelevant franchise for two decades. And the AFC West is dominated by Kansas City. So every single year, we, we get this chatter. We get this noise. And like I said, I like the hire for Antonio Pierce. I like the guy, actually. I, I love his mentality. There's also a time where maybe you just don't need to be as vocal. I get that is his personality. It's all about punching you in the mouth, playing into the violence of football. I get all of that. But here's another thing I want to bring up is this is no different than any team talking smack. Denver talked smack last year about the ring around the rosy play that the Chiefs had in Vegas when they were dominating the Raiders. Well, the Broncos were mouthy. Yeah, the Broncos won one time. The Chiefs also won the Super Bowl, and they were irrelevant. They didn't even make the playoffs. And the Raiders the exact same way. The, the comical part of this was that the Raiders just saw their two most hated teams play on their turf. Their stadium, their shiny new stadium, playing a Super Bowl, and their bitter rival win. The Chiefs have won more Super Bowls in that stadium, won more games against the Raiders, than the Raiders have against them. It, that's the funny part about this. That's when, if you're a new coach, and I get he's winning over his locker room. The players love playing for him. He is the exact type of coach I love in the NFL. They got some personality, some flair. But I also think there's a time where you just don't want it to come back and bite you. What we have slowly figured out in Patrick Mahomes' career, he doesn't really say it at the podium, but he's a quarterback that takes a lot of things to heart. He knows what people say. And believe me, when the Chiefs play the Raiders, this will be the motivation now, the Mahomes rules. And, and he's going to want to put up 400 yards and five touchdowns. Does it happen? I don't know. That's months away. I don't even know what the rosters are going to look like. I also say this, and we're going to get into this a little bit at 125. The Raiders are not a contender in the AFC, so let's get that front and center. And the, the meaning of the Mahomes rules and putting out this front of we know how to beat them. We've got the blueprint. Well, yes, you are 1-0, Antonio Pierce against Kansas City. It also took two defensive touchdowns in 10 seconds. That's not a blueprint. That, that is just you know jumping a route. The Chiefs had a bad handoff and you fell out in the end zone. 
Aiden O'Connor didn't complete a pass for three quarters. You can't do that again and win. That, that felt like more of an anomaly than anything. Far more of an anomaly. And at the end of the day, it ain't about regular season wins. No, it doesn't matter if you beat the Chiefs when they're 10-2. and two. Feel good about yourself. Pat yourself on the back. But this year is a perfect example. You think the Chiefs care about that loss to the Raiders now? You think the Chiefs care about that loss to the Broncos or those almost losses? No, they won the Super Bowl. It didn't matter if they would have beaten the Raiders or the Broncos, and they won the Super Bowl. And that's what is so funny about this league is that you have the loudest ones, the most vocal ones, who are not really contenders. I can tell you this with full honesty. There is one team in the NFL that has a blueprint to beat the Chiefs, and it's a team you're not going to like, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's Cincinnati. They have enough out there on paper to beat the Chiefs. They beat them three consecutive times and in the playoffs. The only other team to do that, the only other quarterback to do that was Tom Brady. He's no longer playing. No other quarterback, no other team has beaten Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's Cincinnati. Mahomes is 15-3. and You think he's worrying about a matchup with the Raiders? No. So if you want to be vocal about that, I get it. And I love Antonio Pierce. I do. Texter brings up, or Texter says Antonio Pierce is a moron. Just get two defensive touchdowns every game and you get the win. Dude thinks he cracked the Da Vinci Code. Again, he does have a right to say, hey, I, I technically do know how to beat the Chiefs. I not only beat them, I beat them at Arrowhead in a primetime game. So you can puff out your chest about that. I just don't know if it's the right time to. Like, to, to me, when I look at the top contenders, and I know we have Raiders listeners on the show, and as I'm going to keep reiterating, I'm not going to take shots at Antonio Pierce. I'm not doing that. But to me, it's a league about quarterbacks, and you can't be a true contender or talk about having a blueprint or you know how to dethrone the Chiefs without having an elite quarterback. And even teams with elite quarterbacks have proven they can't beat the Chiefs. Josh Allen has only beaten the Chiefs in the regular season, but he's 0-3 in the playoffs. I don't count that as a blueprint because the regular season to me when you're like Kansas City and you keep winning and you keep winning division titles and you're getting the Super Bowls, those regular season games in Week 14 when you've already clinched a playoff spot, it doesn't really matter. To other teams, it does. And that will be step one for Antonio Pierce. He's got to carry this momentum, this trend, into the playoffs. He's got to win 10 games, 11 games. And then that's where it gets interesting. But we go back every single offseason. There's one team. There's one coach, there's one player that mouths off a little bit. And I just don't think it's what you want to do. I always thought it was it was silly in the Brady era, in the, the New England era, where there would be some type of player that would mouth off a little bit when you didn't need to. It's like truly, and I will go back to this over and over again, Cincinnati has a right to mouth off a bit because they've actually done it before. Tom Brady and the Patriots, they had a right to. They'd done it before. Tampa Bay, they had a right. They'd done it before. If you haven't yet, you can't really say you got the blueprint. Regular season games are important. You got to set yourself up to get to the playoffs. That is key. I'm not saying all of them are meaningless because not every team is like Kansas City or like New England in the old days where you're winning 11, 12, 13 games and just it's automatic every single year. Not every team has that luxury of considering week 14, 15, 16 games is irrelevant. That game on Christmas Day mattered to Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. It really did. It mattered to the Chiefs. They lost their one seed on that day. 
But as we saw, it didn't really matter if they were a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7. It's clear they were better than everybody on the AFC side. So step one is, of course, getting to the playoffs. And then it's dethroning Kansas City. But that, to me, is the blueprint. No, Cincinnati gave a blueprint to a lot of the league when they're, they dropped eight in coverage. And they shut out Kansas City in the second half. They were dropping eight, and they had, they'd had this elite quarterback and the skill weapons that made it so difficult on Kansas City's defense. That was the game changer. That was the blueprint. Two defensive touchdowns in 10 seconds and not completing a pass for three quarters, it ain't a blueprint. And if you ran that strategy back, it's not going to work. I think Antonio Pierce makes the Raiders much better. I think he was the right hire. Even if it doesn't work out, it was the right hire at the time. That's where I'm at. But to me, man, I I just look at it and I say, you can't really talk smack or have the overly confident persona when your bitter rival just won another Super Bowl. I, I just keep it quiet. You know, that to me, if I was Antonio Pearson, again, I'm not. I'm not making millions like him. I'm not a smart head coach like he is or a guy that has made it that high up in the business. I'd keep that within the locker room, though. You know, I would be the coach to be like, hey, we do have the blueprint. But I'm not saying it out there where it can be twisted. I think bulleted war material is so silly for teams to just put out there, especially when you really don't have the the blueprint. You've beaten them once, but I've also seen Jacoby Brissett and the Colts beat the Chiefs. (laughs) I've seen some very, you know, average quarterbacks, and that's putting it lightly, beat the Chiefs. I've seen it before. I've seen bad teams beat the Chiefs. And it was weird. Russell Wilson and the Broncos did it, and Russ didn't even play that well. So to me, uh, you look at this past year, not really the time to to puff out your chest because a lot of of weird teams beat the Chiefs last year. A lot of them did, and they struggled with some really bad teams. They struggled with Zach Wilson and the Jets. What matters is the playoffs. You beat them there, then you got the blueprint. All right, that's been our story of the week brought to you by Farha Roofing. Whether it's repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is the team for you. Call or visit FarhaRoofing.com. We rise above the rest. We'll take our second break of hour number one. When we come back, a little bit of Royals talk before we talk some more college hoops with Chance Lebo, who's back in the studio in Wichita. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. I'm talking baseball. It's baseball in KC. The Royals are reporting to spring training, and we have you covered on ESPN Wichita. We're headed straight from the Super Bowl to surprise. To be there as Bobby Witt and the boys report to Arizona. Listen every day as we bring you the latest news during the Border Patrol, the Shane Dennis Show, the Pulse, and the program. And see all our videos on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Follow the Royals on your home for Major League Baseball, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wendy's homestyle French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their 
your mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. I participate in U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Dirty exterior? Don't scrub it. Wet it and forget it. Wet and forget the easy outdoor cleaner. Wet and forget works over time with Mother Nature to eliminate unsightly black and green stains on the exterior of your home with no scrubbing, power washing, or bleach. Use wet and forget on all your outdoor surfaces, including decks, siding, roofs, and patios. Wet and forget's available in a concentrate or extreme reach hose-in. Purchase wet and forget in-store or online at Lowe's, Menards, Ace, or Walmart. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. We are back on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita Sports Leader. I'm your host and producer today, Jack Johnson. Text line is always open at 316-247-0923. That is 316-247-0923. Well, for the next near 200 days, you are going to have Royals baseball. It is officially back. First pitch today at 2.05 p.m., Central time, I'll give you a quick rundown here of the lineup as the Royals take on the Texas Rangers, who they share a complex with down in Surprise, Arizona. Leading off in game one of the Cactus League schedule for Kansas City will be one of their newest players in Garrett Hampson, the speedster coming over from Miami. He will play shortstop today. Batting second and playing first base will be Vinny Pasquintino coming off his shoulder surgery. Uh, Excited to see what he looks like in the two-hole. Batting third and playing left field, the powerful Nelson Velasquez. In the cleanup spot and playing second base will be Michael Massey. Batting fifth and DHing today will be Nick Lofton. Batting sixth and center field will be Drew Waters. Batting seventh and playing third base, a minor league free agent deal in Mike Brosseau, a former uh, World Series hero, an ALCS hero for the Tampa Bay Rays back in the covid uh, postseason batting eighth and playing right field Tyler Gentry batting ninth and doing the catching Sandy Leone and pitching game one in the Cactus League schedule for the Royals will be Daniel Lynch the available pitchers today uh, on the left side or left-handed pitchers will be Jake Brents Sam Long Walter Pennington and Christian Chamberlain 
And the right-handers available today will be Tyler Duffy, Matt Sauer, Mason Barnett, Will Klein, and Steven Cruz. Again, first pitch today will be at 2.05 at Surprise Stadium. Royals, Rangers, Kansas City taking on the reigning World Series champions. I think spring training is comical in the way that we approach it, and I've done it every single year, so I'm not going to sit here and talk down to people who do this. Spring training's funny because we're hypocrites with it. We don't really pick a side on what spring training means for a team. Like I believe last year the Royals' spring training squad was great in terms of win-loss record. They won a lot of games. And then that team lost 106. There's a lot of great teams that will be terrible in spring training. Just because you're working on a lot of stuff, you may get out to a hot start, then blow a seven-run lead because you've got minor leaguers playing at that point. Uh, The hilarious part of this all is that we only want to take into account the good stats and say, oh, that means something. right? This guy is playing well because he's going to be great. Uh, this upcoming regular season. And then the bad numbers were like, oh, don't pay attention to that. It's spring training. <laughs> there, There is such a fine line that divides those two schools of thought. And we hop back and forth. At least I do. I do it all the time. Somebody plays well. I go, well, obviously. I mean, they're still playing baseball. These games matter to them. It matters to some of these guys. But in the end, it really doesn't. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that hit well in spring training because the weather's nice and they're not facing that grade of competition. The most important thing about spring training is health. That is all that matters. The Royals could lose every single spring training game and then have one of their best seasons in the last five years. That is a very possible situation. Now, they're likely not going to lose every single spring training game because there's going to be a lot of teams that just play terribly when facing the Royals. But that is the hilarious part about spring training. It just doesn't matter. It's baseball. It's cool to watch. I'm a huge baseball guy. Baseball is my favorite sport. But it's just scrimmaging. It's just practicing. Uh, you can be the Cactus League MVP and be DFA'd by May. Uh, that That is the funniest part about spring training. None of it really matters. None of it matters. The only thing that does is health. And I can't emphasize that enough. Sure, position battles, it's something to go off of. You know, if you have a guy that's competing his tail off, he hits 400 and the starter's hitting a buck 60, it may force you to make a decision. However, if both guys are healthy, I don't think you need to change your opinion. The Royals have made some bad decisions before based off spring training. I think you just have who you have in mind. You have your opening day lineup, and if those guys are healthy, you roll with that. All right, that'll do it for hour number one on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita's sports leader, I've been your host and producer, Jack Johnson. When we return, some K-State basketball talk, and we'll pick some of the Big 12 games tomorrow with our very good friend, Chance Lebo. That's next on ESPN Wichita. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. We've got bonus basketball on the schedule as the high school regular season comes to a close. The game of the week extends its coverage to Friday's season.